0: Well, good morning and welcome to Stanley Park Community Church. We are jumping into a new series, as I'm sure you have noticed. It's Back to Basics. The idea is any professional sports athlete at some point just starts focusing on the basics again. In, in hockey, it would be passing and shooting. In uh, football, it'd be running routes. And a golfer, they just get back to that perfect swing. And so that's what we want to do in this uh, series, is just kind of look at what are the basics in our faith? What will help us? Um, accelerate the way we live our life for Jesus, what will help us clarify the foundations. And so we are gathering today to look at what we believe. I'm Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Stanley Park Community, and I'm with Brian. Brian, who are you and where are you from? (laughs) Uh, Good question. So
1: I am actually the bishop of the United Brethren Church here in Canada, and I'm from Guelph, and my family and I live in Guelph. I also pastor the Parkwood Gardens Church in Guelph. I've been in this position, it's had a couple different names as things have evolved, Uh, even though the UB Church has been around for over 250 years, and in Canada for, what, 150, 160 years or whatever, and... and, uh,
0: You haven't been around for the 160 years. I have not. All right. I (laughs) have not,
1: but I've been in this position for 30 years, so uh, yeah, it's been exciting to, uh, to watch things grow and watch God do some great things in all of our churches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to have Brian here. I figure I'm still relatively new to our community and to our denomination. So when I talk about what we believe, why not bring in one of our top guys to just (laughs) make sure we are actually on point? So today, with our topic being what we believe, uh, I I think of a story of where I I started on a team. I was hired a couple years ago to be part of a ministry team. And one of the first things we did was of just setting the direction like there's so much opportunity there's so much possibilities you could just go anywhere and so we defined what is what is a goal what is the touchdown point of this like how do we know we're running in the right direction if you've ever seen t-ball like given any season you'll see that one kid who didn't quite get the basics like they finally get to the point where they hit the ball and they take off to the left and they, they hit third <laughs> base or or if you're uh, playing hockey, you've, you've seen those worst moments where uh, a hockey player is out front of a wide open net, but it's their own. Like you could Google that right now, or actually after the message, and just see the moments of defeat when you realize that you were heading in the wrong direction or where you, you're scoring on your own net. And that's, that's not what we want to be doing here. We want to know what is truth, what is something that we can base our life on, and, and how does that impact us? We, we want to know how to follow Jesus in the best way possible to flourish, both for ourselves, but also for the, the communities and lives around us. So that is our goal. That is what we're hoping to uh, kind the, the, the of lay the land out for you today. Uh, the passage we're going to uh, orient ourselves around is from 1 Peter 3.15. I'm going to read that, we'll pray, and then I'll give you a bit more context, because I think context is a pretty good habit to have. So in 1 Peter 3.15, the verse says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give reason for your hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Would you like to pray for our time? Yeah, let's do that. Father, we're glad to uh, be
1: in your family. We're glad that you haven't left us alone, Mm -hmm. but you've given us your word. And I thank you for this verse and the other verses that we'll be looking at here this morning. I pray for your blessing on our time and your blessing on everyone who's tuning in to, uh, to watch. I pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word. And Lord, it would be life-changing as your Holy Spirit takes it and helps us to apply what we hear to our lives. We do want to reach the goal that you have for us. We don't want to be running in the wrong direction. So Lord, may what we say, what we hear today,
0: uh, keep us on track for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I think a lot of times this this passage comes in a a defensive posture. And and it makes sense in the original context, it was some hardships that the early church was dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, But for us, I think there's there's some great things in, we're not in that terrible of a spot. Like we're dealing with a pandemic and some of you have children at home and you're like, no, we're in a terrible spot. (laughs) But socially and politically, we in Canada with our faith aren't in a horrible spot. So we're going to look at this text and see what we can get for our day and age. So it says here in verse 13, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? And even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you or your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it's for God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered, once for his sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He has put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and proclaimed to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were dis- uh, yeah, yeah, disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. In it also a few people, eight in all, were saved through the waters, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of the dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. So that's a, a big text, but there's, there's some key things that we, we're going to unpack here, and we're going to look at how this can really uh, connect with history, but also connect with us as a, a conference and you as a follower of Christ. So the top three things that we're going to look at just from this passage is preparation, uh, a reason, and then just some, some points of actual like, doctrine that just sit right in this passage after he says, have a reason for your faith. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing it says in our core text for today is be prepared. Um, a lot of us came into 2020 not, a, not prepared for, <laughs> for what life looked like, but, but God was. And as we go through our lives, we're going to come across a lot of situations that, that we aren't prepared for. But when you are prepared, it means you've taken time to, to think through something like camping. How many of us just hop in a car and say, I'm camping tonight? Yeah. Bad idea. But if you were to say, hey, let's, let's go camping tonight, you'd grab some, some stuff to cook with. You'll grab a tent. You'll grab probably a, a blanket ready for a negative 15 weather. You'd head out prepared. And the key in preparedness is it allows you to flourish, not just survive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, that's one of the things in this text that we can take for our life today. And from what we're looking at today and say, I can be prepared in my faith because I know these, these core things about Jesus about my faith and what it means to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you wanna talk about preparedness at all or do you wanna jump on the next point?
1: So when uh, Peter says here that we should always be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that we have, um, it's a preparedness, as you were saying a moment ago, and we'll look at here further, of what we believe But I think there's another aspect to it as well because our faith can't just be you know what we believe it can't just be up here it's got to be in our hearts it's got to be in our lives too so I think a lot of times as we look at this famous passage it's one of my favorite passages too you know we see always be prepared you know to give an answer you know so you're prepared prepared but we too often start there I didn't start at the beginning of the verse the verse actually the best translation of the verse is Set apart Christ as Lord mm-hmm. of your life. Then always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope that you have. So the preparation is partly knowing what you believe, filling your head with good theology, getting the word in you. But that's not where the verse starts. The verse starts with my life, and I'm, yes. I'm living out those things. I'm setting apart Christ as Lord of my life. And of course, Lord you know, is a word we kind of throw around and we don't live in a feudal society mm-hmm. where the Lord was the master, like what he said to do, you did. And so we don't quite catch that. I think if we're truly setting apart Christ as Lord of our lives, that means we're doing what he says. And that's all the other stuff that you yeah. read in the passage here too, is, you know, like other people were disobedient, but Noah was obedient, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the context of the passage. Noah did what God said. He put Christ as Lord of his life, the master, and so he was going to do that. So I, I think as we talk about preparation, mm-hmm. you know, there's the two sides. There's the, the knowledge side, which is our emphasis today, yeah. but there's also the, the spiritual side, the heart side, the living it outside. You know, he's Lord of my life. That mm-hmm. means I do what he says. And, and by the way, we get to the second part where it says, you are giving an answer to the people who ask about mm-hmm. the hope that you have. Where does that come from? They're not coming to ask you about the hope that you have out of, the, out of a vacuum. No, it's because you've set Christ mm-hmm. apart as Lord of your life, you're living for him, and they see a difference. Mm-hmm. They see, and so that's when they come and ask about the hope that you have. And if nobody's asking us about the hope that we have, there's no difference from between us and anybody else at work or in our family, then we need to circle back to the beginning have we truly put Christ as Lord? You know, if our lives are no different than anybody else's, and that doesn't mean weird or obnoxious, definitely not obnoxious, but it means greater integrity. We're, yeah. we're doing what God says. And, uh, and there's hope in that. Well, we, we better ask ourselves afresh if nobody is asking.
0: Yeah, and, and one of the interesting things when you pointed out the Noah part is it wasn't just enough for Noah to know that God wanted to build an ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, I know that you want me to build an ark. Yeah. Yeah, man, that would be something it, it, it did drive towards actions yeah. and his actions is I'm quite certain where other people start asking, why are you building an ark? Why are you living yeah. in such a way? Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, so as you're looking at the, the question that comes up around our hope, it's not us running around demanding people to ask us questions. Right. No, not at all. It, it's a lot more like tomatoes. It's a lot more like tomatoes. If your neighbor has a nice tomato <laughs> plant <laughs> out front of their house. And you're walking by well right now it'd be amazing you're like why do you have a tomato plant outside but (laughs) in the summer when you walk by somebody that's like an excellent gardener you just you may know nothing and you may not actually normally care but you'll ask questions like Mm -hmm. how did you get your tomatoes to be so nice or if if you're uh have a great yard like the lawn is well taken care of i have questions like feel free to email me or comment in this section right here and tell me how do you take care of your lawn like (laughs) When, when things are going well, when there's flourishing in life, people have questions. And, and it's odd when you have questions and, and it's not something that you're normally interested in. And I think that's part of what this, this uh, message, this, this talk is about is as we embrace with Jesus, as we walk and align ourselves, we want to flourish. Mm-hmm. And we want to do it in a way that's not showy, but one that just begs the question, why does this person love so deeply? Why does this person embrace the community around them? Why do they share what they have in these ways? And it all comes back down to like the formation, the foundation of what we believe. And so as as we saw in the passage, Peter just starts like nodding to a bunch of like theological points that we're really going to look at in a little bit, but he points out in this passage that Jesus suffered, that he was righteous, and his righteousness suffering is what allows us to be with God. He He claims that Jesus died, and that was brought to life, and that the resurrection of Jesus is what saves us. Hmm. He also says that Jesus isn't just a resurrection wandering around. He is now in heaven at the right hand of God with power and authority over everything, and that was just in like four, five sentences that he just drops these deep theological truths. Mm -hmm. Now, I think Peter does this because he wants to help us navigate life to know what is truly true. What is things that we can bank on? Uh, Brian, you've, you've been around for much longer than I have in ministry. Have you seen when people kind of go adrift, when they miss these, these yeah. core pieces?
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, lots of people, too many people. Heartbreaking number of people who have gone astray and uh, kind of fallen apart, fallen away from their faith. Yeah. And, uh, and it's tough, and I think, I think in a lot of cases, uh, the reason is because, you know, when we use the phrase they've gone adrift, as you said a moment ago, well, when do you drift away? When you don't have an anchor, Mm -hmm. right? When you have no anchor down. And so, again, the anchor is partly intellectual. You know, you know what you believe. It's again back to, you know, what Peter says always being ready. If you don't have those roots, you're blown over. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have the anchor, you drift away, for sure. And I think in a, in a number of cases that I know of, people that I know of, they, they didn't know what they believed. Mm-hmm. And so when storms came, you know, uh, maybe they were challenged intellectually, they couldn't explain their faith. And so they got argued out or, mm-hmm. or they, they, they didn't know what to say and so they, they basically gave up and said, well, that's not right. Or maybe it's the storms of, of adversity, you know, which so many people are going through right now. Life is so yeah. stressful at this point. And, and because of that, because they, they didn't know intellectually, but they also didn't know in a, in a personal way, yeah. you know the God who is alive, the God who does speak to us. And, and, and so they, again, they didn't have the anchor mm-hmm. when the storm came, so that's that's tough. And I've seen way too many people like that. And uh, again, getting into the Word, you know, again mm-hmm. spending time with the Father to get to know Him and His love, and, mm-hmm. and that He is personal.
0: I mean, those things are part of the answer, I think. Yeah. and 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 then there's there was this theme for a long time in a lot of our churches, where like you can't doubt, you can't have questions. Right, and you know what? we don't want to run away from this and be like oh well i'm just not going to look in the closet it's like we want to rejoice in truth and tr- truth yeah. can be seen yes. truth can be tested and it's not easy and that's that's another part why we we then don't want people yeah. doubting it's like don't doubt because i might doubt like i, I have oh, so many questions i'm yeah. not looking at please yeah. don't but but there is truth there yes. is this this yes. ability for god's kingdom for god yeah. to take the weight of our questions right and we want to find pieces that allow you to really put weight in. And we know that God is going to be showing up in these areas because, well, there's a great long history of God showing up from the beginning mm-hmm. of time, yeah. but there's also a history within the church since Jesus walked the earth, yeah. since Jesus taught on the earth, since Jesus died and rose, yeah. the church has been leaning heavily into some very clear truths. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first ones that I'll actually get you to share is right. the Apostolic Creed. This came from like the mid-second century, so mm-hmm. it's not right from Jesus' mouth, which is where some of the scripture comes from, yeah. but this is what people have been doing with the words from Jesus' mouth.
1: Yeah, very good. Yeah, thanks. Let me backtrack yeah, for absolutely. half a second here. My, uh, you talked about doubts a moment ago. My mm-hmm. first sermon series at my home church yeah. is going to be on doubt. All we'll right. Look at Matthew 11, and even John the Baptist doubted from yeah. prison. You know, send his disciples to say, his followers, to say to Jesus, are you the guy? Are you the one? Mm-hmm. So like doubts are okay yeah. as long as you follow them up yeah. and see, you know, what is truth, like as you said. Yeah. So here's the Apostles' Creed, uh, mid-second century, as you mentioned, uh, which says this, and, uh, and we believe this. Yeah. We believe this as the United Brethren Church. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic Church. Catholic just means universal. The yeah. whole universal church. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. We believe that. Yes.
0: And, and so that's of the early churches was gathering. They were, they were putting into words what they were believing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, flash forward 100 some odd years. They, the larger body of believers... You know, they were dealing with challenging questions, and they said, let's get together, and let's hammer out, like, what is the core belief? And so that's where the Nicene Creed comes from. And they, they wrote this in 325. They say, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternal begotten of the Father. God from God, light from light. True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit, became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with scripture as he ascends into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through prophets. Uh, We believe in one holy Catholic church, an apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life uh, life of the world to come. Amen. So, there is a lot that is like the same through this all. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest change that you'll notice in it is from the apostolic to the Nicene is the, the I to a we. Mm-hmm. One, that's one of the biggest changes is that they, they looked at what do we believe. It's not just me as an individual because our, our individual faith is going to have some, some variants. But the core pieces of my individual faith and your individual faith and us as the the universal Catholic church, as I was talking about, has some centerpieces that are what it is to follow Jesus. Now, now Brian, we are a denomination, and yep. people are from all kinds of different places, denominations, conferences, all these things, and there's a lot of confusion around yeah. what makes this. You know, is this some sort of secret society? Is this some sort of thing that's different? You know, how do we know what is good? So what, what makes us unique as the United Brethren? Okay. Yeah, good question.
1: And uh, so a couple things I think that I maybe want to highlight. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, we would have a confession of faith. You know, we just looked at two confessions of faith, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. And we would have a, a confession of faith, which actually goes back to like 1789. So it's been around for a long time and it's the basics it's the pinnacles yeah. or it's the principles yeah. but when when you ask me to share kind of what are the uniquenesses yeah. of our denomination the united brethren church in yeah. canada the, the church of the united brethren in christ worldwide there are a couple of things and i think it follows again what we've seen a couple times already going back to first peter you know that it's kind of head and heart yeah. you know there's two parts of it and, and so i think i think kind of two things that i would highlight of many that make us unique um following that category so so one is a theological distinction and another one would be i'll call it a social distinction for lack of you know a better phrase yeah so let's let's let me do the social one first you know like living out our faith you know setting apart christ as lord of how i live my life so that would be maybe the first one and and it's this we believe the bible first Mm -hmm. the bible is our foundation and we live it out in what we live in society, it's got to be on the foundation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. The ideas of society come second; the principles of God's Word come first. So we we have always in the United Brethren Church, which has been around for over 250 years, we've always let the Bible drive our social concerns mm-hmm. rather than let the social concerns kind of make us change what we believe about the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's the way it's got to be. So throughout the centuries, literal centuries of our denomination, we have been willing to be politically incorrect to stand up for what we believe the Bible said regardless of what society said. Now there are a couple of, this isn't, this isn't conservative or liberal, it's just biblical. And so we have, in all of our churches, we have people that are left-leaning and right-leaning, conservative and liberal, small L, small C, yeah. and that's fine. We get along, it's great, it's wonderful. Um, but what we're talking about here is what does the Bible teach, and then we apply yeah. that to society yeah. rather than the other way around. So for instance, let me give you just a couple of practical yeah, examples. Absolutely. Slavery, since our denomination's been around for so long, we were one of the first... Denominations to stand up against slavery, and uh, it was politically incorrect at the time. I mean, slavery was in society all over the place, and uh, and we had we had ministers that got beat up because they stood up for. For human rights, you know, and uh, that slavery, slavery was wrong. Uh, in some of our original uh, universities, they were they were stands, they were stops on the Underground Railroad mm-hmm. for slaves to escape up here to Canada. So that's great. And in, and in the area of of women, um, we were the f- one of the first denominations to allow not just. Uh, African-Americans, but women into our schools and to allow women to be leaders in our church. Going back to 1889, you know, women to be leaders mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and even far beyond, beyond that. So socially, we have allowed ourselves to take the Bible and mm-hmm. apply it to society always. And we've done that. Now, let me just, let me just be quick to say um, it's, it's what the Bible teaches and the Bible's limits and uh, today I think so much of our society is, is gone far from the Bible and uh, we are tempted to want to, uh, to go with what society says and jump in, we're tempted to be woke you know, to be politically correct, and, and we don't want to be offensive for sure, but we need to be careful uh, because if we're looking to just be woke, you know, and, like, and fit in with everybody, that can lead to anti biblical beliefs. Yeah. And let me give you a real quick example sure. from just this week. Some of you uh, follow US politics, and I'll just do this for a second here, but you'll, you'll see the why in a going, moment. Yeah. Um, Our denomination actually had a big split over 100 years ago over, are we going to go with society and uh, compromise our beliefs or are we going to stick with the Bible? And so uh, the the part of the other part of the split in the States is part of the United Methodist Church. And so a United Methodist man, pastor, got elected to the U.S. Congress, you know, back here in November. And so he gave the prayer at the opening of the US Congress uh, just here earlier this week. And he closed his prayer this way, because this this is not the Bible, this is trying to be woke. He closed his prayer saying, I'm praying to the monotheistic God, to Brahma, to all the other gods, what? And this is a United Methodist minister. And then he closed his prayer by saying, Amen and a woman are you serious okay the word amen is not gender at all it's just a transliteration of the he, the greek word amen you know which means let it be so you know right on but this guy was trying to be so woke he's including and how do you see the monotheistic god and then say brahma you know which is one of many hindu gods so my, 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 like uh, we want to be inclusive, yep. but we have to be biblical, which doesn't mean you don't say a man and a woman. That's yeah. it's just silly. And then the other side, theologically, yep. theologically, we have here is uh, a copy of our confession of faith. It's simple. It's not pages and pages long. It doesn't go into all kinds of little details of everything and raise them up to what we call the pillars of the faith. Matter of fact, our confession of faith is just the pillars of the faith, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, eternally existent, in three people. Jesus Christ, the Son, and his virgin birth so that he could come and take on flesh like us. The Holy Spirit, our comforter and guide, that the, the church, the universal church, like we already talked about, we believe in that. The Bible as God's word and uh, salvation in Jesus alone and what he did on the cross, we can't earn it. You know we can't be good enough the salvation message it needs to be preached everywhere and then the ordinances we believe in two ordinances every believer needs to be baptized jesus said go baptizing them and celebrating the lord's supper communion the eucharist where we uh, where we stop and take time with the the bread and juice which again jesus introduced so these are the pillars of the faith there are churches where In denominations where they have many, many, many other things, and you gotta buy into all of them. You know what, for us, I think one of our strengths is, and uniquenesses, is that we major on the majors, these pillars of the faith, and we leave the minor things minor. And so that's why we can include all kinds of people. Now, more and more denominations or more and more churches are doing this. They're, they're de- de-emphasizing you know, their differences and stuff. And that's great, yeah. but that's been us for 250 yeah. years. Yeah. So, so that's, I think, important. And uh, a couple of quick examples with that, you know, like one of the big splits in Christianity is Calvinism versus Arminianism. And you know what? We got a big broad middle. We don't have an official stand. You're welcome to come and join us or on eschatology, which means the study of the end times. And while probably most of the people in our church would be, if I can use a couple of labels here, probably be dispensational or premillennial. Again, we don't have an official stand. So there's lots of beliefs uh, that are welcome within our church. We're not going to argue about any of those things. But we can talk about them, absolutely. and we can be brothers and sisters together in the Lord, and embrace each other. So we we major in the majors and leave the minors as eh, we can discuss them, but we're not going to split over them. We can welcome anybody who welcomes Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's room for all Bible believing Christians in the United Brethren Church, and there's room for all seekers who want to meet God.
0: So those are a couple of yeah. our uniquenesses. I no, would say. No, absolutely, and. That- the, the key thing for us is the big things are the big things. Yes. And, and when, when you look at it, the way that we can engage with it is if, if we can celebrate the big things together, we want to be united. Yes. If we have disagreements over the way women do ministry, yeah. like we'll have conversations. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody is arguing with us about slavery right now. So that's not, yeah. that's not a problem. Yeah. But as we look at things, there's, there's things that are really important. And yeah. that's, that's what we, we're trying to highlight is the, how do we know what is important to build community, connection, and our faith on? And the other things, they're, they're for us to wrestle with. How, how does this apply in my life? How does this apply in your life? Why, mm-hmm. why does it seem to be different? Then um, there's other things that we come across that you know, probably the, the minister that you're talking about you know, we, while we want to be connected, we want to celebrate the good things with him. Yes. The, the challenge is we, we likely won't be planting a church together. Right. There, there's going to be some some big discrepancies around the centrality of what God is, who God is, and how yeah. that applies to our lives. And so we still want to be for people. We want to connect. We want to celebrate. But there's, yeah, if, if we can't unite around the core pieces, which right. is even on a website we can get to you if you want to look yep. at them over again, mm-hmm. um, then that means we, we just can't. But in yeah. so many areas, we try to be as, as broad because we want to celebrate what Jesus is doing diversely. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're running out of time. What I will encourage you this week is to look at 1 Corinthians 15. It is basically uh, a, a great theological point where you can go through it and say, man, do I believe this? How does this affect my life? Uh, it would be a great prayer point to say, hey God, like, I would like you to challenge me because we all believe things that aren't biblical. Hmm. And, and if we believe that every one of our thoughts are biblical, we should be highly concerned. <laughs> you bet. Um, and so going through these, these core things of our faith allows us to be prepared to, to have a reasoned response for what gives us hope. Because our hope isn't found in my ability to discern the social trends. My hope is found in a, in a, a resurrected Jesus. Uh, Jesus is teaching in Matthew 7:24. he talks about the wise and foolish builder I'm not going to read the passage but the idea is a wise man will seek out a firm foundation mm-hmm. a fool is just going to run around and build it wherever he wants and as we saw this last year a storm has come into our lives and it has shaken a lot of what we believe it's shaken the way our society's been constructed and the value of what stands is what stands firm on a firm foundation and that's why these pillars of our faith, these key elements, are things for us to make sure we are, are building on. Uh, a, a critical failure in a building is when the load of, of the building is not directly upon the column. Right. If it's off by a bit, then disaster happens. And we have seen over and over again earthquakes in all kinds of places. And, and one of the worst things that you hear after they study what happens is they learn nothing new. Hmm. All the things that were true were still true. They just weren't applied. So for our lives, how do we look at what is true in our faith, what is true about God, and how do we build our lives on that? So as, as we have found some shaky things in our lives, how do we do the home reno where we, we get the load-bearing wall right? How do we engage with our faith where as I hit hard times and as you hit hard times, we, we know what matters. We know that God is in authority over all this. Mm-hmm. We know that he has made a way that we don't have to figure out how to make ourselves right with God we just have to come and know him and allow his life to be in us so that we can flourish so we can live out his kingdom not because that gets us into heaven but because God is in heaven and he loves us and because we're in a relationship with him we get to know God so those are the the key things that we wanted to go through Uh, if if you're wrestling with any of these send me an email brad at uh, stanleyparkchurch.ca hit me up on the Facebook I would love to discuss this more with you uh, this is vital for the weeks that are coming. Uh, we are going to be looking at next week uh, scripture. We we went with history today because some people are, are still wrestling with the the authority and value of scripture. So we're going to look at that next week. Um, in the following weeks, we're going to be looking at prayer and how that is beneficial to our lives. We're getting back to the basics, shooting, passing, the swing of it, just so we can uh, really dive into a life that flourishes. And so next week, with us looking at scripture, I'm going to tell you the single best Bible for you to be reading. Uh, Tune in next week. It's good. Uh, I want you there. I hope you're uh, enjoying this. And uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in and, and just gathering with us today. May God meet you. May God challenge you. And may he bless you as we assess what is our life built on. Have a great week.